This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Hey, what's up? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Um, keep listening, because if you're like me, you have nothing better to do. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Nate Craig gives us a poor man's view of the economy. I'm fine with the recession because I've realized that being broke is recession-proof. Early last year, the Dow Jones lost 1,000 points in a day. I don't care. I don't, I ain't putting it. We'll hear more from Nate in just a few minutes. Uh, local Cincinnati reporter Ben Swan getting a lot of national attention for asking the tough questions. Uh, he fact-checks Piers Morgan's facts on the gun control debate, so we fact-check Ben Swan. That'll be coming up in a little bit as well. But first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. Quarterly earnings from financial heavyweights J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs sailed past analyst estimates, the bank said Wednesday. J.P. Morgan, the biggest U.S. bank by assets, earned $5.7 billion. In other news, if you have a savings account with Chase, you're making a fraction of a percent interest. We have to fire more teachers, and everyone will have to work until they're 80. In a related story, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company hit Chief Executive Officer Jamie Dimon with a 50% pay cut for 2012 aw, because of the London whale trading debacle that cost the nation's largest bank at least $6.2 billion in losses and found that Mr. Dimon bore ultimate responsibility for the failure. The move came as the New York company posted a record 2012 net income of $21.3 billion on the back of robust lending and deposit growth and strong results across many segments of the bank. A guy that was fired from McDonald's for showing up late to work could not be reached for comment. Lance Armstrong has come clean. Armstrong confessed to doping during an interview with Oprah Winfrey, which aired on Thursday night and was taped on Monday, just a couple of hours after a wrenching apology to staff at the Livestrong charity that he founded. It took a lot of ball to finally fess up. In sports, the Chicago Bears hired Montreal Alouettes coach Mark Tressman on Wednesday to replace the fired Lovey Smith, hoping Tressman can get the most out of quarterback Jay Cutler. Around the league, and particularly in Chicago, people asked, why do the Bears hire someone that makes crappy light bulbs? He comes from the CFL, you see. The revelation that the deceased girlfriend of former Notre Dame linebacker Manti Teo is not only not deceased, but did not even exist, has left more questions than answers this week. Deadspin.com's report that Linnea Kekue is not a real person prompted a strong response by Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick in support of Teo. Suspicions weren't raised before this, even though her Facebook profile lists her occupation as former Nigerian finance minister. NASA's Curiosity rover has uncovered new clues indicating that Mars once had moving water on its surface, and it is getting ready to drill into the planet's surface in search of further evidence and hopefully untapped natural gas deposits. Braced for a fight, President Barack Obama on Wednesday unveiled the most sweeping proposals for curbing gun violence in two decades, pressing a reluctant Congress to pass universal background checks and bans on military-style assault weapons and high-capacity ammunition magazines. The NRA was secretly hoping the president would end his press conference with an Oprah-style, Everyone gets a gun! You get a gun! You get a gun! You get a gun! You get a gun! And that's been Fake News with me.
big story in the U.S. right now, of course, gun control, and every day a new angle to it. My old friends, Newsbusters, of course, are right on the case. Uh, they played a clip of actor Rob Lowe appearing with Piers Morgan, who we'll get to more of Piers Morgan in just a bit. It was really weird. On the Facebook page, they ran a little tag uh, and a clip to this video of Rob Lowe talking to Piers Morgan, saying, Rob Lowe gets it. Rob Lowe is a, is a gun owner, and he had this to say to Piers Morgan. The, the last thing viewers want is another Hollywood actor telling them anything about guns. So the article on uh, Newsbusters website is really zeroed in on this quote saying, you know, Rob Lowe is right and and bravo, actors should not be talking to us about guns. Oh, excuse me, sir, uh, you have something to say? Hi, I'm Chuck Norris, a black belt patriot. If some thug breaks into my home, I can use my roundhouse kick, but I'd prefer he look down the barrel of my gun. Oh, I see. Well, but in fairness, you know, Chuck Norris is a rubbish actor. Okay, so back to Piers Morgan. Now, first of all, you'll find no bigger Anglophile than me. Uh, yet, I can't stand Piers Morgan, and I think you would be hard-pressed to find anybody in America who actually likes Piers Morgan. I think we were all just waiting for CNN to finally give up and, you know, ship him back to the UK. But he got himself in this gun control debate. He had on his show a couple of weeks ago talk show host slash conspiracy nut Alex Jones. And it went a little something like this. You're a hatchet man of the New World Order. Let's try again. How many gun murders were there? Oh, you're going to ban your fist now? In Britain last year. Uh, how many uh, chimpanzees can dance on the head of a pin? Mm. I already went over those statistics. Do you know the answer? Uh, no, I don't. I, you said hundreds. It's very low. You said hundreds. Yes. It's actually 35. 35, eh? Enter Ben Swan. I don't know if you know who Ben Swan is, but he is an anchor here in Cincinnati getting some national attention because he's uh, quite a firebrand, he is. Uh, he is trying to speak truth to power, and uh, at first looks good, uh, look a little deeper, and you start to ask a lot of questions. He was the fellow that the Atlantic praised for asking uh, President Obama about the kill list, and rightly so, I would add. That I think is a very good question, and uh, it is uh, good that he held the president's feet to the fire because that's a whole separate issue, and it's pretty scary. But moving back to the gun issue, uh, our old buddy Ben Swan here, do a little fact check-in on Piers Morgan. With a population of 62.6 million, Great Britain saw 59 gun-related homicides for 2011. Well, thank goodness Ben Swan is here to tell us that Piers Morgan is off by 24 against a number like 62 million. Good work, Ben. Okay, well, Ben also goes on to point out that, and I investigated this, and he is right, I fact-checked the fact-checker, that uh, Britain actually has more violent crime than the rest of Europe. But what the argument they're trying to make is, is that because Britain doesn't have any guns, that therefore it's the, their crime is worse, which I think you're comparing two different things here. Now, I think I've read this fact to you folks before uh, on a previous podcast, but in 2009, the city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, had 23 handgun murders. The city of Chicago, Illinois, had 300 plus, and these cities are roughly the same size. So I know you can look at this a lot of different ways, but you can't tell me that if there were fewer guns, that we wouldn't have fewer gun deaths. But that shouldn't be surprising that the gun homicide rate in a country that bans guns would be lower than in a country where guns are not banned. Thank you. Where the argument falls apart is when you attempt to claim that fewer guns equals less crime. If that were the argument, that's not the argument. The argument is fewer guns mean fewer people would get shot. 
So Benny Swan jumps on the old face page there, and uh, some people have pointed out that the uh, the way that Britain and the U.S. count crime statistics are different, so he's going to take a look at that and do more of an apples-to-apples comparison. But that it doesn't matter, because by the same token as saying that you can't say fewer guns equals less crime, you're making the argument that more guns equals less crime? What? So that's crazy. And then at the bottom of his, this post here on Facebook, he says, plus those are calling for a ban on assault and high-capacity magazines to make the nation safer, making a disingenuous argument. Oh, really? Why, according to FBI numbers, banning hammers would prevent more deaths. Well, tell you what, if I'm in a movie theater and someone comes with an AR-15, I'm a little worried. Someone comes with a hammer, I like my chances. Oh, and one final nugget, this whole thing about guns being banned in Britain. Guns aren't banned in Britain. I don't agree with guns. I don't want to end up like America, but, you know, he's got a license and... uh he, you know, there's four guys breaking into the house and putting his wife at threat, putting, possibly putting his life at threat, so he can understand what happened. That is the voice of a gentleman named Alan Pearson. He works for SAC International, SAQ International. They have a facility in uh, Leicestershire, England, and in Leicestershire there is a farm where uh, four thugs tried to break into the farmhouse, and the uh, owner, protecting his wife and his property, uh, shot them with a shotgun. I don't think any of them were killed. Uh, I think a couple of them were hit. And the uh, the farmer was arrested just so they could you know get get things sorted out as they say in England. But um, charges were not brought against the farmer because he had a legally licensed gun. What is illegal in Britain are what's called small firearms. I believe it's something with a barrel smaller than 30 millimeters. Okay, so the farmer was uh, was arrested and questioned, but he was released uh, without charge. And the headline from the Guardian newspaper in England says, burglars should accept risk of being shot, says judge. Okay, and the sub-headline is, Michael Pert, QC, I believe that's some, some term for judge or magistrate there, told two burglars who were shot while burglaring a farm cottage in Leicestershire that, quote, that is the chance you take, unquote, in England. Nate Craig is a comedian who is originally from Wisconsin, so he's uh, mates with Mary Mack and Jackie Cation and Tim Harmstrom, all friends of this podcast. And uh, he was able to squeeze out a few minutes for us. We were kind of in a bind for a guest, and uh, he's coming to Cincinnati this week, so we thought we'd give him a shout. And uh, the audio got a little jumbled at the beginning of this, so we kind of pick it up uh, right after the beginning of the conversation. Here's our interview with Nate Craig. across the Midwest as we are recording this. Uh, I know. I didn't mean to make enemies right off the top, that's but okay. uh, forgive me. Bring a, bring a coat when you come here. I will. It's going to be cold. So um, have you been to Cincinnati before? I don't recall ever having seen you on the uh, the lineup there at Go Bananas. Yeah, no, it's been a couple years. Uh, okay. I worked there. I, I moved to L.A. from Chicago. I was kind of working out of Chicago. Uh for about um, six or seven years, and I worked Go Bananas 
uh, when I was living in Chicago. At that point, I was middling, um, or that's another word for the feature act. So that's kind of like one of the clubs that I, um, I, I kept on my calendar every year because it's such a great club. Yes. And, um, and the crowds are always so rowdy and fun and smart, and, um, and everybody that works there are comedy fans, and they're really cool people. So, um, But then I moved to California, and it, uh, I stopped working in the Midwest as much. Um, and, uh, and then, so it's been a couple years since I've been there. So you might not have seen me on their calendar, but uh, it's my, uh, my first week headline in the club, so I'm excited about it. Awesome. So you started uh, working in Chicago doing comedy, but where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, I did see that somewhere. That's right. And uh, is there other, who else is from us? Jackie Cation is from Wisconsin, but she's from Milwaukee. And yeah, Jackie. Jackie is from Wisconsin. Uh, very Mary, funny. Mary Mack is from Wisconsin, but I think she's from like up north. Mary Mack is uh, very, very much Wisconsin. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm actually doing Mary Mack show tomorrow night. Oh yeah, with the, the North Star. Yeah, with the North Star Comedy Hour and Meat Raffle. With uh, Tim Harmston? Yep. Yeah. Tim and Mary and Brent Weinbach is on the show. That's oh, be a yeah, fun yeah. show. Yeah, we've, we've talked to Brent before. Yeah, all, all friends of the podcast. In fact, I, I think Tim was on my football podcast. Everybody else has been on the comedy podcast, so yeah. Uh, I write for the um, paper up there as well, so. Well, say it again? I write, for, I write for the paper up in Minneapolis as well. That's how I know all those folks. Ah, uh, yeah. you're, you're versatile. You're... You're well-traveled. Yes. Well, not really. As I tell to people all the time, I've been in Minnesota's airport once for an hour, and that's my whole uh, <laughs> my whole experience in Minnesota. I, I like that airport. It's big. It's a beast. It, yeah, it is. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a hub, as they say, for Northwest Airlines. It is a hub, and uh, there's things to see. Of course, you can go visit the Senator Craig stall. That's, <laughs> that's, oh, fun, that's right. I forgot that was there. Yeah. It's always um, a fun tourist stop. The wife. Uh, the wide stance zone, yeah. As uh, I just started calling it just now, um, <laughs> and then uh, then there's also the Fox News um, bookstore. Oh, that's, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's a museum of Americana. And of all places, yeah. It's a nice airport. I think this should be the pilot for my next podcast, Airport Talk. With airport Talk. I used to work in one, so uh, I actually know quite a bit. Um, well, Jesus, that's a legit that's a legit vehicle for you. It really is. No pun intended. Yeah, I'm telling you. Go, I can go all on about in airports. I love I, You know, I like airports. I hate flying. I love everything about the airport. I love everything all up until the door closes, and you have to take off, and then I get motion sick, and my ears pop, and then... But as... Uh, you know what? I yeah. totally agree with you. I'm on the exact same page, because there's all that excitement about the trip yeah, and, the, yeah. and the journey exactly. and the destination and what's going to happen, and then you get on the plane and it's miserable. You get sick, and the air is stagnant, and people are coughing, and the uh, children are sick. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. agree with you. Uh, what's your favorite airport? I already know mine. Uh, I would probably say McCarran, just because it's so exciting to get to Las Vegas. <laughs> and, of course, you can gamble at the airport. Um, Detroit. I love Detroit. I have not been I to feel Detroit. Like I'm in, I feel like I'm in RoboCop 3. When I'm in, like, oh I, yeah, yeah. So, I can, I've seen the pictures. I have not been there yet, though. Because because it, it, the whole city of Detroit is just a broken down, dilapidated pile of a city. Yeah. And uh, and uh, this airport is just state of the art. It's got a train that's like in. There's no like it's above 
but it's right. It's an open air train that's above you, and it's a it's nice and simple. The layout is beautiful. This is airport talk. We're really doing is. airport talk. <laughs> um, we have listeners from around the world, so maybe they come to America. They can they can enjoy our our, our various airports. Um, uh, we used Listen, to have a great going, listeners around the world. If you're going to New York or LA, make sure you go through Detroit and check it out. There you go. <laughs> Um, we used to have a great airport. We used to have a great airport here in Cincinnati, and until uh, Delta decided to whittle down its business here, and now it's just you know, you you could scarcely tell the difference between our airport now and Dayton's airport. Yeah, you know what? I've flown in. I, you know, the last time I flew out of Cincinnati was the last time I missed a flight. So yeah, I'm not surprised. That right there tells you how fun Go Bananas is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I missed a flight. We're flying out of Cincy. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole flying experience is awesome. I remember uh, Siskel and Ebert were on Letterman. You're, this was way back in the '80s, and they they were asking him if he'd seen uh, these movies, any of these movies. That, I think they're talking about the Academy Awards, probably. And Letterman said, "Oh, I saw that on a plane." And Siskel and Ebert looked at each other and they said, "Well, you you can't see a movie on an airplane and really judge it." And Dave says, "Yeah, but you can't get to Los Angeles sitting in a movie theater," which I think is just like one of my favorite Letterman lines ever. <laughs> Uh, God, does he have good ones? I, mean, I know. He's full of them, but that's a pretty great line. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's just so quick, man. I've always, always, always envied that quickness. So, um, so what kind of stuff do you talk about on stage? Um, well, man, I, I, I pretty much, uh, you know, it's always, it's always more fun to talk about. Uh, I mean, at least I think it's more interesting when comics talk about their lives. So I definitely yeah. talk about, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm uh, going through day to day, experiences and whatnot, personal experience, tell stories and stuff. I love hearing stories, so I try to tell them, and um, and that's it. That's that's it, man. I I, uh, I definitely uh, I definitely uh, try to keep it personal, you know. So that's more fun and interesting. And I'm a pretty um, strange person, and I've managed to make bad decisions, and so that usually translates oh. into good comedy. There you go. Uh, any kind of current event stuff, or at least in in terms of the way it it affects your life, or Oh, sure, dude. I will talk about the uh, fiscal cliff. I love how I love how it's just rotating, rotating doomsdays with our government and our in the media. It's just rotating. It's like, what's going to happen? Like, is Justin Bieber going to have to go back to the street performing? I, I don't. I'm fine with the recession because I'm. I've realized that being broke is recession proof. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about the stock market. You know, like every other week, there, it seems like there's a global financial crisis. I don't care. Like, early last year, the Dow Jones lost 1,000 points in a day. I don't care. I don't, I ate pudding. I, it doesn't, <laughs> you can't touch my money. It's not there. You know what I mean? That's, like, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in debt. I owe dollars. So if the value of the dollar drops, my net worth goes up. That's how that works for me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of, uh, you know, don't react as horrified, I think, uh, to the whole fiscal cliff thing that uh, everybody feels like they're supposed to. Um, I think it's just drummed up stuff. But I like, you know, the IFA, that's current enough. I definitely like to talk about stuff in the news and uh, how, you know, how, how I may or may not uh, agree with it. So you were, uh, did you go to university up there in Wisconsin? Ooh. Sorry. I'm, that's uh, okay. I'm in a motorcycle procession. Wow, I thought you were like calling us right from the 405 there, like right smack in the middle of it. It's loud. It is. It's a loud um, place. More cars than trees. 
really, yeah, it is. It is. I do. I do love Los Angeles. Uh, we were going to try to get there this year, but um, yeah, it's uh, it, it comes with some uh, comes with some obstacles. Uh, so did you go to university? Sure. It's, it's, it's where homeless people go to retire. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the the one. Um, who was it? Uh, Doctor Wayne Fiscus on Saint Elsewhere. Um, who plays him? The guy from the the the, the germaphobe guy from uh, the talent show. Uh, oh, when, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, the, um, I remember. The, the, well, there was an episode. They all went out there. The two of two Howie of, Mandel. Howie Mandel. The two of them went out there to, and uh, uh, one of them liked it, and one of them didn't. And of course, halfway the episode, it switched, and one of them liked California, and then they didn't. Howie Mandel noticed that it was just you know bums fall asleep under palm trees. But if you're a bum, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. awesome. So. Oh yeah. Uh, now you went to university uh, in Wisconsin. Is that correct, or did you? Get your schooling elsewhere. I did. Okay. No, I, yeah, I went to school. Uh, I went to school in Madison. I grew up there. Okay. I went to school there because um, I was uh, way more interested in partying than discovering the world. Excellent. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I did. And then uh, and you know, and so uh, Madison's definitely my hometown. I stayed in the womb a little too long, and then uh-huh. moved to Chicago. Okay. And then moved to Los Angeles. So that's been my. That's been my track. Was there a, an alternate career in the offing uh, when stand-up came through, or was it were you were just going to be a stand-up and college is kind of a, a, a different kind of training ground? Well, I started in college. I, uh, I actually uh, I started in college, and then I started working for the – there's a club in Madison, um, or at least there was at the time, and, uh, and I was working there, and then – um, you know, I started working for the book agent who books that club, and I started working, kind of working the road out of Chicago. And, uh, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. Chicago is such a great town for performing and stuff. So people do improv and sketch, and, and then there's tons of theater as well. It's a great theater town. So I was doing all that, too, uh, when I wasn't on the road. And then I'd go out uh, on the road uh, in chunks, you know, like a month or two at a time. And, yeah. um, and so it's always kind of just been the career that uh, – the career path that I set up on from the beginning, kind of, you know? Yeah, and, and Chicago's a great town, and uh, I know a, yeah, couple, I know a right. couple other guys from there, uh, like Jimmy Pardo and Jimmy Dore, and, and whenever we go up there, I'm always thinking, like, you know, and, and I, those guys love living in Los Angeles, and I and I get that, but I always think, like, you know, but why would you not like Chicago? And and they both explain, well, it's not that they don't like Chicago, they should like Los Angeles better, and I guess if you grow up in Chicago, it's not as unique as if you come from Cincinnati or Cleveland, and are like, wow, you know, this is just like my city, only bigger and with a lot more stuff in it. Right. Well, I mean, the thing about uh, the difference between L.A. and Chicago um, are um, there's a, there's a lot of them. The weather being the number one, but but when you're in the entertainment industry, there's just so much more business. Well, yeah, there. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like Jimmy Pardo does warm up for Conan. You know, that's that's a steady money gig for him. It's a really good gig. He's really he's hilarious when he does it. I highly recommend going to see a Conan taping. If for no other reason just to see Jimmy Pardo open oh, up totally. yeah. and warm up the crowd for him. Um, yep. But like that's that's the kind of thing that just doesn't exist in between New York and LA, you know. I mean as great as Chicago is it's kind of um a place where you know, studios and, and uh corporations with uh big development and production houses in the entertainment industry they're just not centered there and so there's no. just uh there's just um the amount of work is not even comparable yeah well, way back in the day uh like in the late 
uh, 40s and early 50s when television was first starting, there was a, an effort started to make Chicago also a television production center. And, of course, that, that never uh, went through, and it was just, you know, ended up being Los Angeles and New York. But um, it would have been interesting to see if uh, Chicago would have been able to pull that off. Because, like you said, it's got the theater, it's got the improv, it's got the stand-up. I mean, it's, it's almost there in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's got it's got all the uh, all the requ- all the required um, aesthetics and uh, components to making quality, you know, product and entertainment and um, in general. But you know, there's just so many, just so much uh, more um, commerce on the coast, I guess. Exactly. You know? Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us on such short notice here. Uh, it was kind of a crazy week trying to get this show put together. Usually I to get the guests recorded first, and then I do the dumb bit and the fake news later. But I had everything else done this week, and I was still having trouble uh, getting a guest sorted. And uh, So I appreciate you taking care of this. Uh, Absolutely, this- man. I'm glad our schedule's uh, linked yeah. up finally. And, uh, and, and thanks for having me on. And um, I don't know. I'm going to get to see at the club. I'm down this weekend. Definitely. And uh, this will be in print and city beat for you to look at the, at the club, both in print and online. And then the podcast will drop Sunday night. So I'll send you links and everything. Awesome. Thank All right, you for man. That. Okay. And uh, again, it was an honor. And uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. All right, Nate. Thanks a lot. Sure. All right, bye. Thanks again to Nate Craig for being on the show, especially on such short notice. Our original guest, uh, well, he kind of got a little bit busy, but it, I think it worked out really well. I had a great chat there with Nate. And speaking of Nate, you can catch him at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that would be on January 24th through the 27th. Then he is back in Los Angeles at the Brea Improv uh, on January 31st. He's also there February 1st through the 3rd. And then he has a gig out at the All-Star Lanes up in Eagle Rock out by where Mark Marin stay at. And uh, the rest of his dates can be found at natecraig.com. Easy enough, eh? I uh, wanted to give a shout-out to some folks I met at the New Media Expo out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. They're during the first couple days of this month. And... Um, Right Nick Sieberling, he does a uh, football podcast, uh, and oddly, he is from Cincinnati, uh, like me, uh, does a uh, Cincinnati Bengals football podcast, nice guy, he, uh, he was nominated for Best Sports Podcast, lost out to the ESPN guys, um, that happens. Um, let me see who else did I mean. Oh, met uh, Dave from the School of Podcasting from Rocky River, Ohio, and uh, he had some, some nice pointers for us, including pointing out that Podbean is screwing us, so... We may be looking for a new home. Uh, met Jay from Best of the Left. Uh, I'm probably going to hit him up with the Ben Swan bit you heard a little earlier. And I don't know if it's quite Best of the Left. Might be if he had a show called Pretty Good of the Left. We, we might make it onto that. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And also met uh, Cliff Ravenscraft. You might know him. He started podcasting with a Lost podcast. Love the show Lost. 
And then, of course, he was able to parlay that success into a full-time career as a podcaster and a podcasting consultant. Could not get away from me fast enough. I thought that was really weird. So um, maybe he's heard the show. I don't know. All right. Uh, other orders of business. Well, let's see. Music for PS Tape Recorder was uh, written, composed, and performed by John Vropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me, except for the bit you heard coming out of the Ben Swan bit. That was a song called Reach by Martini Ranch. Uh, features actor Bill Paxton, and the whistling was provided by actor Judge Reinhold, and uh, hopefully Warner Brothers won't send me a cease and desist order. Uh, it's a great record, by the way, if you can find it. Uh, the guys from Devo helped out on it. You can probably kind of tell just from that, that little part I played. All right, um, let me see. The logo for PFT Recorder is designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at Tigerdactyl on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're going to punch up the Facebook page a bit more, not just doing the updates for the episodes, but um, I guess I've been told I'm too political and, and whatnot on my personal Facebook page. I thought, well, heck, I should just be doing that on the uh, PF Radio page because it's, it has more to do with what we're doing here anyway. So look for more fun stuff like that. Follow me on Twitter at pf 66 and, uh, oh, I am at Go Bananas January 23rd in Cincinnati. If you're in the southwest Ohio area, I'll be doing Pro-Am along with some other funny folks. And let me see, I'm at January 22nd, which is the Tuesday, uh, the day right before that, doing my usual trivia gig at the Varsity Sports Bar and Grill on Beachmont Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. Again, if you're in southwest Ohio and enjoy the trivia, please stop by. And uh, that is it. That is all the business we have uh, on the docket for today, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.